This is Ramadan, Ramadan Kareem, Ramadan Saeed, inshallah. May Allah accept and bless each and every one of you. I'm going to try from time to time just to share some reflections on parts of the Quran that are going to be recited, especially during Taraweeh, just to help those of us who don't speak Arabic or don't understand Arabic deeply to gain an appreciation for what we're listening to and to tie ourselves and to bring ourselves into the moment of Salah. Bringing ourselves into the moment of Salah is extremely important and understanding at least the concepts of what's being recited is a key to doing that. Now, in the first part of the Quran, we begin with Surah Fatiha and Surah Fatiha lays down what's called Usul al-Din. Usul al-Din are the foundations of the religion. And if you look at Fatiha really carefully and you think about it, you find that it generally reflects the specifics found in the hadith of Sayyidina Jibreel. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, Maliki Yawmi Deen, right? This is mimicking generally the question that Jibreel asked for the Prophet, what's faith? Ma Mal Islam, Ma Hul Islam, what's faith? Then we say, right? Then we say, you alone we worship and you alone we seek for help. And this mimics generally the question which the Prophet answers specifically, what's Islam? Islam. What is Islam? To worship Allah. And then at the end of Surah Fatiha, Sirata ihdina sirata al mustaqim, sirata al ladina an amta alayhim. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us to the straight path. The path of those who earned Allah's favor. Ibn Qayyim said those are those who learned and practice what they learned. So they've learned and then they've calibrated their learning into an action, to a practice. Not the way of those who've earned wrath, those who know and don't practice nor those who went astray, those who don't know and try to practice. Now, ihsan is to worship Allah as though you see him. So we see here when it comes to character, to reach the level of ihsan, excellence, that Jibreel asked the Prophet about, we have to learn and practice what we know, to worship Allah as though you see him, as though you see him. Now that takes us to Surah uh, Baqarah, and Surah Baqarah, of course, is the longest chapter of the Qur'an, uh, 286 verses, and this first part in Surah Al-Baqarah is really awesome. Just this first, this first few verses lay really out the foundations of a lot of things. And what I'd like to talk about today is having confidence, um, and working hard, and feeling blessed. Having confidence, working hard, and the extension of hard work is is a blessing. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, imagine the first time you open the Qur'an, the first time you begin this relationship with it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after saying, Arif Lameem, says what? Thalika al-kitab. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, that is the book. It's not this is the book. Thalik is called ismu ishara. It's a demonstrated pronoun, which is used to show something as far away from you. So if I was to point at you and there was a book on the shelf, I'd say, It's not something that you have in your hands. It's not something that you have in front of you. It's something that's distant from you. In fact, that's why the lamb in ذلك, because that is the, is the pronoun, actually. Uh, the lamb is called lamul bu'ad, 
which means the lamb is used to show something is far away from you. Now, you're holding the Quran in front of you. Some of you have the Quran in your heart. But still, Allah is referring to it as something that's far away from you. Scholars mentioned a few, a few potential reasons for this. Number one is to show how awesome the Quran is. Like even though it's in front of you, you'll never be able to capture everything that this book contains, all the secrets found in this book, all the information and the knowledge. As you, you continue to grow with it, you'll always find something new. You'll always learn something new. So in that, in that way, it's like, it's a long journey, right? It's, it's far. It's an awesome book. Number two, and this is really important in a postmodern world, is to create the sense of respect for the sacred. We live now in an age where people are negotiating between meaning and freedom. Some of them have given up freedom for meaning, and some of them are willing to give up meaning for freedom. So absolute freedom means there'll be no principles. There'll, 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 there'll be nothing to really root ourselves in. Everything's open for interpretation. There's no foundations. And absolute meaning without freedom can lead to like dictatorships and totalitarian regimes and oppression. So it's important in, in, in the battle between these two extremes to find a balance where there is respect for the sacred. Because one of the goals of popular culture, one of the goals of the current world that we live in is to domesticate transcendence, is to domesticate God. And for us as Muslims, that's a non-negotiable. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Quddus subhanahu wa ta'ala, the transcendent, the pure, no blemishes. So Allah says, Thadikal kitab, right? This book is sacred. This book is high. It's lofty. Allah says, who honors the sacred things to God, that's taqwa. There's another meaning also that's really cool. Because even though I have the book in front of me, and even though I'm holding it, and I know that I'm coming to this book with a lot of sins, man, a lot of drama, Allah is reminding me, listen, even though this book is lofty, kitab, Allah has been so merciful to you and so benevolent to you that even with all your sins, man, all the mistakes you made, you still have a relationship with this book by the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's dope, man. I remember the first time I ever recited the Quran in my life in English when I read it, and I came to this chapter, Surah Al-Baqarah, and it blew me away, like this book, that book. And I thought to myself, like, who, who am I to deserve to even have this book in my hand? Like, who am I? So it's out of Allah's mercy, because if you and I judged ourselves, we probably wouldn't let us be close to this lofty, transcendent, incredible text. But Allah is saying, That book that you hold in your hands, subhanAllah. Right? Even though it's lofty and even though it's incredible, you've got it as a gift. And that brings us to the fourth possibility that, listen, great things aren't given for free. Great things aren't just given to us without any responsibility. 
So you've been blessed with this incredible blessing and this incredible ni'mah. What are you going to do with it? And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Right? This is the book that has no doubt in it. No doubt in it whatsoever. What causes doubt? We say that doubt is caused by two things. Number one is a lack of knowledge or corrupted knowledge. How do, how do I address that doubt? Is learn, ask questions, engage. Imams and, and, and content providers don't need to feel intimidated when people question them. No, that's people showing passion and investment in their, in their tradition, in their faith, in their belief. The second thing that causes doubt is desires, perhaps the most dangerous. And how do I deal with desires? Number one, self-discipline. Number two, thinking about the hereafter. Number three, thinking about the potential harmful outcomes of living a life of irresponsibility. So shahawat, right? So raib, doubt, shuk, comes through two doors. The door of knowledge, ignorance, corrupted knowledge. Number two, the door of desires. Then Allah says, The Quran is a guidance for the people who work to achieve taqwa. That's very important. It's lost in translation because the word muttaqeen is from the same form as mutafa'il, muta'allim, right? The person who seeks. And that form, mutafa'il, means someone's working on trying to achieve what the verb is, is or the noun is using to describe them. So muttaqi, because the word taqwa already has a ta in it, you don't say muttaqi, it'd be very difficult to say it. The Arabs just said muttaqi. So it's not only the people of piety that receive guidance, and here's the profound responsibility of being a believer. We need to be very, very careful of this theology, even within the Muslim community, that's simply a theology of smiles and everything's going to be great. Granola theology. Theology demands responsibility. And I wonder at times, especially now when I see Muslims confusing identity with religion and making their identity their religion. Whereas religion is very different than identity. Religion has demands and identity has demands. They may be the same and they may be different. But we have to be very, very, very deliberate with people. When we tell them that Islam has standards, that Islam has halal and Islam has haram, that Islam has the permissible and it has things which are not permissible. And as a community, as a community, we are ordered by God to work on those principles and to strive for those principles. Allah says, those who struggle towards us, we guide them. So, muttaqeen is not just the pious. It's from the form mutafa'il, tafa'ul, which means I'm seeking piety. I'm working for piety. I'm disciplining my life. I'm not having false hopes. As the Prophet said that the ignorant one is the one who does nothing and hopes in God. Doesn't work. So the muttaqi 
is the person who strives and struggles against themselves and strives and struggle against society if needed, right? And stands up for truth, stands up for justice, stands up for God in a godless world. That's the muttaqeen. The word taqwa, we'll talk about it tomorrow, inshallah, is a very interesting word. But what's important here is that the Qur'an is not a guidance for people who just slack off, man. The Qur'an is not a guidance for someone who purposely sins, not someone who struggles against sin, right? It may be, but this verse is saying you've got to work for it. You've got to struggle for it. Then the end of these verses, the first page of Surah Al-Baqarah, are very beautiful. And they motivate us to move beyond, really, the fragility and um, um, lack of value of this life. One of the, the challenges of this world is that it creates idols. And we are la tushriku billahi shay'a. We are anti-idolatry. But materialism can be a subtle form of idolatry. Opulence can be a subtle form of idolatry if it's not kept in check. Loathing the self, right, can be a strange form of idolatry. Worshipping the self can be a strange form of idolatry. The world around us right now, especially the way that it's packaged through marketing, screams at us that this world is what really matters. This world is where we should put our investments. And that's a subtle form of idolatry. Because the Muslim, invest with God. Invest with the hereafter. And that's why Allah says, After mentioning the practices of the people of taqwa, right? those who believe in the unseen, those who establish prayer, those who pay alms, وَالَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْكَ وَمَا أُنزِلَ مِنْ قَبْلِكَ وَبِالْآخِرَةِ هُمْ يُقِنُونَ Those who believe in what was sent to you, O Muhammad, and belief also means practice, and what was sent to those who came before you, and believe certainly in the hereafter. Allah says, أُولَٰئِكَ عَلَىٰ هُدَىٰ مِنْ رَبِّهِمْ Again, the form أُولَٰئِكَ means something far away, something high. As if to say, it's translated as they, but it's, it's again, it's a demonstrative pronoun to show that these people are so awesome. It's like they're high, man. They're lofty. Their status is great. They put in the work. It doesn't say whom. Those. But it means those that lamb again in there, meaning those who are high, man. They've reached a high maqam. They've reached a high set of darajat a higher station. And to amplify this, it says, they, those who are upon. The word ala means above, to climb. I climb the mountain. So it's the, the feeling of the verse that you lose in English, but it's there in Arabic, is that God has raised these people, that God has chosen these people. Allah yarfa'u. The Quran says, we raise who we want in stations. That these people of taqwa, these people who have lived a life of discipline and kept this dunya from their lives. 
and focused on the transcendence of God and the promise of the hereafter, they have been raised upon guidance by their Lord. Allah has raised them above the cheapness of this dunya. And indeed they are successful. And the word muflihun, very similar to the word muttaqun, subtly implies hard work because the word muflih is from the word falah. And the word falah, falah is a farmer. So the Arabs used it to mean successful because a farmer would work hard to harvest his crops, her crops. And the believer works hard to harvest his or her crops in the hereafter. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us, to have a greater relationship with the Quran. Please like, love, share, rate, review. I appreciate you guys. Barakallahu feekum. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.